You know, I'm so grateful for being a part of this church and all that God is doing here. And we just have amazing leaders in Pastor Sam and Pastor Brenda, and we are so blessed. I tell you, God has been guiding this church, just as Pastor Doug talked about, for 89 years. And he has guided us so well. And church, I believe our best days are still yet to come. God has something more, something deeper, richer for you. Do you believe that this morning? And uh, I'm just so blessed. Pastor Sam, thank you for allowing me to be able to share the word of God this morning and be a part of this series. And so I'm just very blessed but hey, before we get started, I want to share just a little update about the McElhenney family, the McElhenney clan, and uh, tell you what's going on. So we had, back in October, uh, we had a little bundle of joy that joined our family, Everett John McElhenney. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he is sweet. And I mean, you see how sweet he is there. It's like 10 times more in person. And he is just wonderful. And he's such a gift to our family, to Kristen and I. And, uh, you know, we are living the dream. I mean, quite literally. I mean, we don't sleep at all at night. Uh, it, we are, I mean, the full parent dream here. This is it. And, uh, but we're so grateful for him. And would you show the next picture of, of all the kids there? So there's, there's all the kids. It's a, where does time go? Ellie, uh, you'll see to the right there, Ellie, she is now, she's six years old, and we got dance recitals, and we got soccer practice and soccer games, and our weekends are packed full, and, and she is just the sweetest little girl. And then you see Benson there, you can see, yeah, you can see it in his eyes. He is the wild child. And... Uh, you know, it, maybe for those of you who remember the Flintstones, he is the Bam Bam of the family. <laughs> and, uh, but boy, he's such a gift, and we just, we love the kids, and Kristen, we're on this just amazing journey. It's crazy, and it's wonderful, and it's such a blast to do it, and uh, I just, I feel like we are moving at the speed of life. Uh, if parents, you know exactly what I'm talking about, moving at the speed of life, and uh, it is, it's such a gift though, and, and it's so great to have my grandparents, my papa, my gram with me this morning, I'm just blessed, and so that's a little update on the family, but let's go ahead, can we just dive right in today? Today we're continuing our series called The Narrow Path. And our main text for this series has been Matthew 7, verses 13 through 14, which talks about how you can only enter God's kingdom through the narrow gate and how the road, it's gonna be difficult. Pastor Sam started this series a couple weeks ago in talking about the only way to God and talking about why he is God. And last week he talked about being different and living a life of holiness and being set apart because as a Jesus Christ follower, how many know we are called to be different? We're called to be different. And today I wanna talk about how we walk that narrow path and how we navigate the sharp turns and, and rough stretches of road in such a way that we can enter God's kingdom with joy and fulfillment because we know we're in God's will. 
So listen, living in God's will, it's the wonderful, it's one of the most exciting adventures you can be on. And he will take you places you could never go on your own. He'll bless you on the mountaintops and in the valleys, and sometimes it feels like a roller coaster, right? I mean, it's a little fast and a little scary, but when you make it to the end, oh, it was worth it all. And church, let me tell you, heaven will exceed anything you've ever dreamed of in this life. Would you go ahead and stand with me today in the honor of the reading of God's word and pull out your Bibles and would you turn to Romans chapter 12? That's where we're starting today, Romans chapter 12. If you got your electronic Bibles, hey, if you have the GR First app, you can actually go on there and you can follow the notes this morning and just follow along with me. If you haven't done that, do that, that's great. But go ahead, I see everybody's still turning to Romans 12 and we're gonna start in verses one and go to verse two. And this is gonna be our main text for today. And here we have it on the screen as well. Romans 12, and we're gonna start in verse one. Paul says, therefore I urge you. Listen, this, this is important, here's what he's saying. Brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be, say it with me, transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Let's pray. Father, we come before you asking that you would send your Holy Spirit to speak to our hearts this morning. Would you help us to respond to your word and put it into action? God, we don't wanna leave here today the same way we came in. So we invite you to the deepest parts of us and would you make us more like you? And we speak these things in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Hey, go ahead and be seated on your way down. Would you just tell somebody, I am ready for God's word. Are you ready? Are you ready for God's word today? Well, today, I wanna talk about how we must be transformed to walk the narrow path. And how do we become a transformed follower of Jesus Christ? Can you say that phrase with me, transformed follower? Say that, transformed follower. You know, our world has so many things to offer that appear, they appear to be good, but in reality, they are harmful or even deadly. And the reality is, the reason that these things appear to be good is because the lines between what is good and what is not are being blurred or even erased by culture today. We live in a culture of relative truths. In other words, there's no real anchor point. There's no North Star by which we're guided. There's no compass, right? What's truth for me may not be truth for you. In fact, if your truth gets in the way of my truth, I may just have to cancel your truth. Does that sound familiar? How many know that the Bible was not just a book for old times, but is a book for all time? It's a book for all time. You know, Pastor Sam, he's not gonna have us vote on the 10 Commandments next week. I, I can hear him coming through the camera. He's, we're not doing it, we're not doing it. So how do we differentiate from what appears to be good and what isn't? Or what is God and what isn't? How do we know we're following the things of Christ? Aren't you thankful 
that we have the Holy Spirit and he doesn't leave us alone to figure it out for ourselves. Proverbs 14, verse 12, it says this. It says, there is a path before each person that seems right, but it ends in death. So I tell you, we're gonna need some serious help if we're gonna follow the things of Christ. And here's the good news. When we come into relationship with Jesus Christ and surrender our life to him, the Holy Spirit, he starts this initial work inside of us that opens our eyes to see like Jesus, even to think like Jesus and to have the mind of Christ. 1 Corinthians 2.16 talks about that. We'll talk more about that later. But how do we take that same initial experience with the Holy Spirit and bring that into everyday life? Paul gives the key right here. In this verse, he says, be transformed. Now, the word transformed here in the Greek is a word that you might know. It's the word metamorpho. Or what what does that sound like? You, You know it, it's the root word for our English word, metamorphosis. And just like a butterfly that goes through that process of metamorphosis, we are being transformed. An egg from a perfectly beautiful butterfly becomes an ugly caterpillar. And that caterpillar will transform from one stage to the next and it starts to grow. It sheds its former self again and again and goes through this process over and over. Eventually, that caterpillar will form a cocoon. And in that cocoon, that ugly caterpillar goes through this amazing process of rearranging its tissue to become a butterfly. And when that butterfly comes out of that cocoon in its final glorious stage, it pulls out those wings into the sun and when it's in the right timing, the perfect timing of the creator, it will stretch those wings and fly away. It's incredible. And that's exactly the type of transformation we're talking about here. We're not talking about a single moment. This is not, hey, where do I sign up for transformation? And poof, you're transformed. We're talking about a process. In, the, in, the, in this process, the Holy Spirit, he's gonna start revealing things to you that you need to shed off. And, and you'll start to grow. And he's gonna do it again. He's gonna say, Drew, listen, I see this thing here. And you need to shed that off because I want you to grow and I wanna take you further. And guess what he's gonna do? He's gonna do it again and again And again, until finally on that glorious day when we see God face to face, we will have accomplished his perfect will. Transformation is a process. And it's through this process of transformation we see the way God sees and don't just see what is good, but now we see what is God. And Paul, here's what he does. He hits home his point again here. In verse two, in the end of verse two, he says, then we will be able to test and approve what God's will is. What is he saying here? In other words, what he's saying is we will progressively discover what God's will is. We need to understand that in God's process of transformation, God's will is not just about the destination, but it's also about the process he has to take you there. In Philippians 1.6, Paul says, and I am certain that God, 
who began the good work within you will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Jesus Christ, when Christ Jesus returns. Do you see that? He began something in you and he's not finished yet. How many know he's not finished with us yet? He's not finished. And he wants to continue his work until it's finally finished in the resurrection or when we are raptured to see Christ. Boy, I'm looking forward to that day, are you? Until then, God is continuing to reveal himself to us and that only happens when we test and approve or progressively discover his will. You know, the best part about this process is you don't do it alone. The transformation process is not a solo act. The Holy Spirit will give you everything that you need. Listen to what Paul says in Philippians 2.13. He says, for God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. 2 Peter 1.3 says, God's power has granted us everything pertaining to life and godliness. Church, you have the Holy Spirit's power to be transformed and see the way God sees, not the way you used to see things. And ultimately, you will begin to discern what is good and what is God. And so today, I got three things for you, all right? Let's keep it simple. I got three things for you in order to be transformed, to be metamorpho, to be metamorphosized. You ready? Here we go. First one, if you're taking notes. To be transformed, you need to be all in with God. To be transformed, you need to be all in with God. Paul shares in the first part of this passage, Romans 12, verse one, it says, we are to offer our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, that this is your true and proper worship. I like how the message translation phrases this. It says, Take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. He says to offer our bodies as a living sacrifice. And let me clarify what that is for a moment. He's not necessarily talking about martyrdom, though many have made that sacrifice through the centuries. Paul's reference to sacrifice is his own Jewish context where sacrifices were laid on an altar and consumed as a part of Jewish worship prior to Jesus fulfilling that place of sacrifice once and for all. Paul is saying just as Christ laid down his life on the cross for us and became that sacrifice, we need to put it all down on the altar. We're not just talking about relationships not just your money, not just your job. He's saying you need to be all in without reservation if you wanna be transformed. And you may say, well, well, isn't everything a lot? Yes, it is. It is a lot. But if you want room for all that God has, you have to make room, you have to give up all that you are. If you wanna become like Jesus, if I wanna become like Jesus, I need to give up Drew to make room for him. Are you following what I'm saying this morning? You say, well, listen, I surround myself with the things of God. You know, I, I, go, to, I go to church every week, I read the word, and you know, I turn on worship music in the car, and I pray every day. Listen, let me be the first to say praise God, and those things are wonderful. 
but the things of God, they'll, listen, they'll enrich your life and they can create an atmosphere for the presence of God. Listen, when I get up here every Sunday, that's my heart. I just wanna create an atmosphere for God's presence. But there's a difference between surrounding my life with the things of God and allowing God to surround my life. Listen, we're called to surround ourselves with the things of God, but that is not transformational. We must allow God to surround our lives, our everyday, ordinary life. We put our life on the altar and say, God, we're all in, take it all. So in order to allow God to surround your life, you must give your body as a living sacrifice. And this verse continues. It says, this is our true worship unto the Lord. And this is something different than the worship that we had here this morning. And that was great. In the things of God, in surrounding yourself with those, that's an act of worship. But this is a type of worship that exposes all the areas of your life to the fire of the Holy Spirit and lets him consume us. We lay ourselves down completely at the altar and consecrate ourselves before God. And when you lay down, you lay down your life at the altar, you're laying down your very identity. Listen, who you really are is who you're left with after you've given it all to God. You become who God created us to be. We become who God created you to be. And it's who God has predestined us to become. Now, I, listen, I know there's a lot of theory and theology around predestination, but for me, it's not that complicated. Romans 8, 29 says this. It says, we've been predestined to be conformed to the image of God's son. The NLT says it like this, for God knew his people in advance and he chose them to become like his son. We get on that transformational train, the Holy Spirit scans our ticket and says your destiny is to look like Jesus. He is our destination, amen? When we lay ourselves down at the altar, all that's left is God's unique identity he has given you. And it's in these moments that you'll start to feel the Holy Spirit speak to your heart and he's, begin, he's gonna begin to transform you into the likeness of Jesus. You know, when we get to heaven and we stand before God, who all will cross the finish line? What is God looking for? Well, listen, I, I, led, I led worship on Sunday mornings and, you know, I used to be, I was a youth leader and I did devos, you know, every morning and, you know, I did this and I did that. Listen, God's just gonna say, can, can you just be quiet for a second? Just turn around. I just wanna see how much do you look like my son, Jesus? If we wanna be transformed, we need to be all in. Surround yourself with the things of God, yes, but allow God to surround your life, to embrace you, to clothe you in his likeness and in his holiness. And when you do that, you will begin to look more and more like Jesus. How many want that this morning? Come on, if you want that, would you say, I'm all in. Say that, say, I'm all in. Come on, number two this morning, to be transformed, you need to walk a different pathway. And I wanna give some practical thoughts about, the, about how the Holy Spirit 
can help us do that. And, and I wanna hitchhike on Pastor Sam's emphasis about being different from the world. Pastor looked at this concept from the Apostle Peter's perspective, and Paul adds another dimension. He warns us about being conformed to the pattern of this world. And when he uses the word world here, he's referring to our ever-changing culture of society, a society that, that its decisions and values are about what pleases man, not what pleases God. And the problem is, Paul's saying, this world has a pattern, and that pattern is continuing to spiral down. J.B. Phillips translates this passage, I really like this, he says, don't let the world around you squeeze you into its mold. Don't blend in to the world's culture. If you look like the world, you don't look like God. And if you look like God, you don't look like the world. Pastor Sam talked about this last week, and he says, Jesus Christ followers, right? We have to be different. And boy, if we're gonna be different, we better look different. The reality is, though, it's more comfortable to blend in the culture. I mean, listen, who wants to be different? Especially, listen, if you're a young person trying to find your identity, who wants to be different? I mean, listen, who wants to swim upstream when it's a lot easier just to float downstream with all the other floaters? Right? I mean, really, that's what we're talking about here. But the world system can be very deceiving because the word Christian is thrown around as a label without the lifestyle of a Christian. If we wanna be transformed, we need the Holy Spirit to open our eyes to see the way God sees and discern the difference from what appears to be good and what is God. So I wanna park here for just a moment and I wanna talk about three stumbling blocks that we could easily run into. Is that all right this morning? The first one, I wanna call Google Truth. It can be a stumbling block that we can go on Google, we can go on social media, and I can find any answer that I wanna hear. It doesn't matter if it's heresy, you can find just the right truth you're looking for out there. If you're uncomfortable with an answer that Pastor Sam has or an answer that this church has, I guarantee you there is a Christian out there who has found a compromise to justify the answer that you are looking for. Don't let the world squeeze you into its posts. Don't let the world squeeze you into its blog or its news articles that fit the world's mold, but look nothing like Jesus. Look nothing like Jesus. Listen, I don't need to know what a celebrity's Twitter feed is in order to figure out how to live my life. I just wanna know what does the word of God say? A second stumbling block is when we get out of touch with what we believe. Listen, if you go on autopilot long enough, sooner or later, someone else is going to be sitting in the driver's seat. The danger of being passive is that ultimately, someone else is making choices for you. And let me tell you, ignorance is not an excuse for allowing ourselves to waffle on moral decisions. 
We need to constantly be resyncing our truth detector against the word of God for values and morals, not aligning ourselves with what the latest Hollywood opinion is, not searching for an answer that makes us feel comfortable. It's all right, family, we're just being real this morning. Can we be real together? God is transforming us. The third stumbling block is when we have any habits in our lives that desensitize our moral compass. Let me give an example of this that I think we have to guard. I think one subtle snare in the world is in the world of TV shows and movies. And listen, I love, you know, I think, you know, a lot of people, we get to the end of the night and we turn on Netflix, turn on Hulu. Listen, Chris and I, we love watching a good TV show, love watching a good movie. But the reality is there's a lot of popular TV shows and popular movies that I don't think people would feel comfortable watching with Jesus in the room. And I've, listen, I've heard all the reasons why it's okay. Well, I know a lot of other Christian people that watch it, or, you know, I, I, I just watch it for the storyline. Or look, when that stuff comes on, oh, I, I don't pay attention to that, you know, I, I look, you know, or listen, this, this, it doesn't have total nudity in it. If we have to qualify why it's okay to watch something, is it possible that we've become desensitized? These, listen, these aren't my words, I'm just the messenger here. First Thessalonians 5.22 says this, it says abstain from all appearance of evil. Listen to that, the appearance of evil. If I have to qualify something, why, why am I even messing with it? If it might be ungodly, is it really worth it? You know, it's ironic. In our world turned upside down, I think that the world would find God's standards offensive. I've heard it. They say, well, God, he's so controlling. He wants to control everything. You be you. You know, the word, that was meant for back then. This is 21st century. You know, if you remember in Acts, it says that they feared the apostles because they said they were turning the world upside down. The irony was they were turning the world right side up, but the upside down world saw it in reverse. God said that Satan has blinded the eyes of those who don't believe. We need the Holy Spirit to open our eyes to what is right in the sight of God. Not what right and acceptable is in the sight of YouTube. Not what's right and acceptable in the sight of TikTok. Listen, I don't know about you, but I know that God has something so much better for me in this life than what the world has to offer. I wanna be different. I wanna filter everything in my life through the word of God. I don't wanna blend in. My eternal purpose is greater than earthly desires. 1 John 2.17, listen to this. It says the world and its desires pass away. But whoever does the will of God lives forever. I don't wanna live life for my pleasure. I wanna live life for God's joy. And when I stand face to face with God, I just wanna look like Jesus. All right, can I give you a practical step on how we can keep the world from squeezing us into its mold? 
First, listen, I'm a believer that in whoever you surround yourself with, you will become. Does anybody else, you believe that? I can see that. If you surround yourself with the world, do not be fooled, you will blend right in. You'll look like the world, you'll talk like the world, you'll walk like the world, but surround yourself with godly people and they will inspire you to be godly. Proverbs 13, 20 says, walk with the wise and become wise. Associate with fools and get in trouble. You wanna be smart, surround yourself with smart people. You wanna be financially stable, surround yourself with people that have done well in their finances. You wanna be a successful business owner, surround yourself with people that have done well in business. And if you want to, if you want to look like Jesus, surround yourself with people that look like Jesus. Are you getting what I'm saying this morning? To live a transformed life, we need to build relationships and friendships with other Jesus Christ followers. Listen, that's why our advertisement for small groups, it's not, well listen, if you got some time in your week and you know, you're not really doing anything and you're looking for something to do, you know, come join us for small groups. That's not what we're saying. Small groups is the next step. It's a part of the transformational process in your walk with Christ. What keeps you grounded and accountable is God's, in God, to God's word is walking alongside and doing life with other believers. Let me share something from the first century church and what they did. Acts 2.42 says, they devoted themselves, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Listen, if, if you're not in a small group yet, we got a great on-ramp for it. We just concluded our Wednesday night Thrive service, and we're starting up more small groups. We have small groups that meet all throughout the year. And so listen, on the screen here, I'm gonna ask if you guys could put up that small group slide you had up earlier. And if you'd like to join a small group, Go ahead and you can jump on this link. Even right now, if you'd like, go ahead and jump on that link and then afterwards, take a look at what small groups you could be a part of. Or listen, you just show up here on Wednesday night at 7 p.m. right over here in the main building and we'll get you connected. You know, we have our Celebrate Recovery group and they walk you through the journey of freedoms from your hurts and hangups and habits. Let me just share something with you. If you wanna get free, you need to walk with someone who's already found that freedom. You need to walk with somebody who's already been there, already been on the journey. So listen, maybe as pastor, he talks about this all the time, and maybe you've been thinking about going, go ahead. You just show up this next week, Tuesday nights, 7 p.m., and again, right over here in the main building. Listen, show up, and God wants to restore you. If we wanna keep the world from squeezing us into its mold, we need God's word to be our truth, and we need to experience that truth with other Jesus Christ followers. All right, I got one more point. Is everybody, you're still with me this morning. Here we go, point three. Well, first of all, to be transformed, you gotta be all in with God. To be transformed, we need to walk a different pathway. We don't wanna be squeezed into the world's mold. And lastly, to be transformed, you need to think different thoughts. Let's read this passage again. Romans 12, verse two. It says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You know, this may sound weird, but when we were walking with the world, 
we were not in our right mind. We can have the mind of Christ, is what the Bible says. But the Bible also tells us, when we were walking in the wisdom of the world, there is a way that seems right to man, but its end, its end is in the way of death. We talked about this earlier. If we wanna be transformed into the image of Christ, we need to think different thoughts. Our mind, it is so incredibly powerful and it captures our experiences and paints our perceptions and creates emotion and gives us passion and desires and excitement. Our mind cares for our body and tells us what, it's, what it needs, all these things. But you know what the most powerful thing about your mind is? You can control it. And all throughout the Bible, you'll find scriptures that talk about controlling your mind. Here's one for you, Philippians 4.8. It says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever's right, whatever is pure, whatever's lovely, whatever's admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. You know, I was reading about a Stanford study that explored how the human mind shapes reality. And they found that a person's mindset their mindset, their positive attitude, their focus, the way they think is a powerful life-changing force that shapes decisions, even their physical and mental health and success. You better believe where your mind goes, your life will follow. And I think many times when we wanna bring change, you know what we do? We go, we go right to the behavior. Okay, I need to change my behavior. Or we go right to the action. I gotta change the way I do this. And usually at first it works, but it doesn't last. Why? You have to start with your mind and your heart before you can have a long-term change in your behavior. You know, when New Year's Eve comes around this next year, uh, I'm sure I will have some resolution that I start and I stop within 24 hours. <laughs> you know, anybody else, you, you, you know what I'm saying? You know, I, I had a, uh, there was one year, <laughs> I wanted to, uh, you know, make a resolution to start this regular workout routine. And uh, I, listen, I got a lot of people around me, they have great workout routines, great running routines, and I thought, I'm, I'm definitely gonna do this. Uh, I am going to be that guy. And uh, let me tell you, I thought I was so committed. I thought I was so committed to the idea, don't laugh at me. Um, I bought weights, I got the pull-up bar, I got the resistance bands, I got the protein shakes, I got the TV workout subscription, it had a 14-day trial with it, and I am financially invested into this thing. You better believe I'm gonna stick with it. And uh, listen, I made it through the first day, and it was tough. No, listen, listen. I made it through the second day, and it was tough. I got to the third day, and, uh, the, and I made it. No, there's something that came up on the third day. I, I, there was something important I had to do, so I didn't do the, th anyway, sorry. So the fourth day, I got to the fourth day, and uh, well, I was tired on the fourth day, because you know the first day, the second day I worked out, the third day I had that thing that came up, and so obviously I need to take a break. They say rest the muscles, you know, that's good. And so, got to the fourth, the, but the fifth day, the fifth day is when I canceled the subscription to the TV workout. <laughs> And that was my grand workout journey. Thanks for joining me. 
I started on the back end of change by trying to change my behavior, but I didn't start with my thinking. I didn't have the mental preparation, the proper motivation. I didn't have the accountability, and it wasn't enough to carry me through when things got hard. I cared about the behavior change, but I spent a whole 30 seconds thinking about it and didn't have the mindset to carry it out. Here's the way it works in our discipleship. If you wanna say no to the things of this world, we must have a mindset to carry it out. We need to be conditioned to think like Christ. Well, how do we do that? We need the mind of Christ and the Holy Spirit is the only one who can give us the mind of Christ. We need to be so consumed with knowing Jesus and living in his word that when temptation comes knocking at the door, we slam the door shut without even thinking twice about it. David says in Psalms 119 verse 11, says, I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. What you dwell on is what you will eventually act on. Life throws us split-second decisions every day. And whatever your mind dwells on is the filter by which your decisions will be made. We must be transformed by the renewing of our minds. 